Welcome back to the Tennessee Star Report with your host, Michael Patrick Leahy. 6.50 a.m., Crom Carmichael in studio on the Newsbreaker line right now. Our very good friend, the founder and the CEO of the Tennessee Firearms Association and a great attorney, Mr. John Harris. Good morning, John. Good morning. John, uh, let's check. Is your audio good there? Yes, I've got good audio. Okay, good, 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 good. John, uh, let's. Uh, uh, you are uh, a litigant in, and a, a plaintiff uh, and uh, also uh, an attorney uh, in the effort that we're part of uh, at the Tennessee Star to secure the release of the Covenant Killers Manifesto and the toxicology report and the autopsy report. Now, currently in litigation uh, in the Chancery Court, you were there yesterday when a very unexpected thing happened uh, an attorney by the name of david raven uh stepped up describe the situation in court when uh david raven stepped up uh did you have any idea what he was going to say and tell us what he said yeah well keep in mind that as an attorney i'm involved in the case but i'm not necessarily a party like you are or the star network i'm representing a retired sheriff and the tennessee firearms association on behalf of Judicial Watch. But more to your question, yesterday, uh, David Rabin, who's a well-known, well-respected friend of mine, actually, attorney here in Nashville, appeared and uh, first time he's appeared in the case at all and announced that he was there just to make uh, a statement to the court that he had been retained by the parents of Miss Hale and that he was there to report to the court that the parents were in the process of transferring documents that they now claim to own, which were all of the documents, what we would call generally the manifesto package, uh, that uh, belonged to their daughter. They claim that they are now the owners of those by virtue of her death, and that their plan and intent is to transfer ownership of all of those records to the parents of the Covenant School children. And it wasn't clear if it's just the children that were injured or if it's all, you know, 100 plus parents that are involved. So, in the did case. they, are they transferring it to the parents or the children? Because I thought it was just the children they were transferring it to. Well, I would have to go back to the tape and, and see that. My understanding was he was trans, since the children are minors, that he's transferring it to the parents. Got it. So my question to you is, when <laughs> when David Rabin got up and said this, what was your reaction? Well, I was um, surprised to some extent, but not completely taken aback, given some of the arguments and efforts that have been made by the Covenant collective parties, the school, the church, <clears throat> and the parents, to, to apparently... Uh, expend no uh, limits on resources with the 18 or so attorneys they've got involved to do whatever is necessary to try to make sure that whatever is in these documents never comes to public access. What is the impact of this uh, notification to the court uh, uh, yesterday that the parents of the killer intend to transfer ownership to the 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 parent or the children of the of uh, the the children uh, at Covenant School. What's that impact going to be on the the ongoing litigation? Well, ultimately, that's yet to be decided. But 
consider, for example, that in a typical criminal case, uh, let's take this one, for example. Let's say Audrey Hale had survived, that she was maybe captured or injured and, and for whatever reason survived and that she was still alive. You know, I don't believe that the fact that the owner of the paperwork, whoever that might be, uh, ownership interest constitutes a statutory or other basis for the government to claim that documents in the possession of the government, and keep in mind we've got the Nashville Police Department, we likely have the Metro Legal Department, we have TBI, and as your other lawsuit indicates, the FBI all have copies of this stuff. So ownership doesn't necessarily constitute a grounds for um, blocking an open records request once those records come into the possession of the government entity. Because it's not a question of ownership under the Open Records Act. It's what records does the government have control or possession of. Good point. Crime Carmichael has a question for you, John Harris. Uh, John, um, my question is not as much about the uh, the uh, the <clears throat> the manifesto because those questions stand on their own. But but I but I am interested, and I think there is a real public interest in the mental health condition of of the uh, uh, of the killer um, at the time that that she thought about and then executed uh, her her crimes. And so I'm interested to know what her mental state was, uh, if that's knowable. And, and I'm also interested in, and I assume they did a toxicology report. I'd like to know what drugs, if any, uh, were in her, uh, both legal and illegal, were in her system. Well, I think absolutely. That's a question not only does a lot of the public have, but, I, you know, as uh, Representative Sapicki said earlier this morning, that I think most of the, at least conservatives in the legislature, have that question. I mean, clearly 66 House members have signed a letter that's already in the court's records where they're asking for uh, these uh, manifesto records to be released. Now, interestingly, uh, there are provisions of the Open Records Act when you deal with deceased parties that may make the autopsy and the toxicology reports uh, categories of documents that are in, exempt from open records um, access. And if that's the case, this ought to be a poster child type of situation for this General Assembly to go back and review whether or not the open record system has now uh, grown to the point with over 700 different exemptions that there is no effective means of public access or news access to records that will really let us know what is happening in cases like this. And on that note, John Harris with the Tennessee Firearms Association, thanks so much for giving us that update. And good luck in court, because with the dozens of lawyers on the other side, uh, uh, we've got a tough battle. Thanks for joining us, John.